And now it's time for On the Money with your host, Dan White. Dan has been in the financial services industry for over 25 years, and he's been a featured expert in Forbes, Yahoo, the Philadelphia Business Journal, Dow Jones Market Watch, and has appeared nationally on Fox Business News. Dan is a member of some of the most prestigious financial organizations, including the Society of Financial Service Professionals and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. In addition, he's a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, credentials you can trust. Broadcasting from the heart of Wilmington, Delaware, here's your host of On The Money, Dan White. A lot of times when people come into the office, we go through several appointments with them where we gather their information, we analyze it, we prepare some reports, and then we try to prevent solutions to their particular situation that's tailored to their individual needs. And many times, you know, it's not unusual a person will say, well, I want my my CPA to look at this. And that makes sense because obviously, you know, you want to you want to have a tax expert looking at something before you uh, before you make any moves. But, you know, oftentimes people will say, oh, you know, I'd like my son to look at this or my daughter to look at this. And and I and I caution them when they do that. Not that I don't want the kids involved, but you have to understand one simple thing. People look at money through different lenses. And a 30-year-old looks at money completely different than a 65-year-old does. You know, let me tell you about a problem. It makes you feel better. might make you feel better about what you do with your money and less judgmental about what other people do with theirs. People do some crazy things with their money. But no one is crazy. Here's the thing. People from different generations raised by different parents who earned different incomes and held different values in different parts of the world, born into different economies, experiencing different job markets with different incentives and different degrees of luck, learned very different lessons. Everyone has their own unique experience with how the world works. And what you've experienced is more compelling than what you learn secondhand. So all of us, you, me, everyone, we go through life anchored to a set of views about how money works that vary wildly from person to person. What seems crazy to you might make sense to me. Welcome to the On The Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. This morning we're going to talk about why... People who come from different situations look at life differently. You know, why people's lenses really shape the view they have about money. Before we get into the program, I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. I'm sure everybody has uh, Monday off for the holiday. So enjoy the time with your family. Do a cookout. Go to the beach. Whatever floats your boat. But remember what the day is about, and let's give reverence and pause to the people who have given their lives for the freedoms that we have in this country. Also, I want to uh, I want to ask people. You know, we have a, get a lot of questions about about a very perplexing product today that people always have questions about, and that is annuities. You know. I often mention to people, you know, what is an annuity? And I say, well, it's it's a, it's pretty much exchanging a lump sum of money for a guaranteed income stream. The closest thing I can compare it to is a pension, and nobody nobody ever complains about a pension other than it's not big enough. 
but sadly, too many people today no longer have pensions. So, so an annuity could take the place of a pension. But there's a lot of different types of annuities, a lot of bells and whistles you can put on these things. If you'd like to get to skinny about annuities, we do. We have published myself and my colleagues from around the country in the Independence Excellence Group. We have published an Annuity 101 white paper. So if you'd like to get a free copy of this white paper, pick up the phone and give us a call, 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820. In Pennsylvania, it's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. We have several upcoming events this week uh, on Wednesday, June the 2nd at 5.30 p.m., We'll be at Harry's Savoy Grill in North Wilmington doing today's retirement concerns and solutions. And then on Thursday the 3rd, we have two uh, programs that evening. We'll be at the Columbus Inn in Wilmington at 5.30 p.m. We'll also be down at the Chesapeake Inn in Chesapeake City, Maryland at 5.30 p.m. Again, same program, today's retirement concerns and solutions. So if you've got questions about your retirement, and you're wondering how we solve some of the very similar issues that you are facing, you want to pick up the phone and get a reservation to one of our upcoming events. So again, we're talking about how people view things through their own lens. And, you know, the person the person who grew up in poverty thinks about risk and reward in ways the child of a wealthy banker cannot fathom if they tried the person who grew up with inflation was highly experienced. Something the person who grew up with stable prices never had to experience. A stockbroker who lost everything during the Great Depression experienced something the tech worker basking in the glory of the late 1990s can't even imagine. And the Australian who hasn't seen a recession in 30 years has experienced something no American ever has. On and on the list of experiences is endless. You know stuff about money that I don't and vice versa. You go through life with different beliefs, goals, and forecasts than I do. That's not because one of us is smarter than the other or has better information. It's because we had different lives shaped by different and equally persuasive experiences. Your personal experiences with money make up maybe Point zero 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 one percent of what's happened in the world, but maybe 80% of how you think the world works. So equally smart people can disagree about how and why recessions happen, how you should invest your money, how you should prioritize, how much risk you should take, and so on. As investor Michael Batnick says, some lessons have to be experienced before they can be understood. We are all victims in different ways to that truth. So in 2006, a couple of economists dug through 50 years of the Survey of Consumer Finance as a detailed look at what people, what Americans do with their money. In theory, people should make investment decisions based on their goals and the characteristics of the investment options available to them at that time. Unfortunately, that's not what people do. These economists found that people's lifetime investment decisions are heavily anchored to the experiences those investors had in their own generation, especially experiences that we have early 
in our adult life. If you grew up when inflation was high, you invested less of your money in bonds later in life compared to those who grew up when inflation was low. If you happen to grow up when the stock market was strong, you invested more of your money in stocks later in life compared to those who grew up when stocks were weak. The Economist wrote, Our findings suggest that individual investors' willingness to bear risk depends on personal history. Not intelligence, not education, not sophistication, just the dumb luck of when and where you were born. The Financial Times interviewed Bill Gross, the the fabled bond manager, the bond guru, if you will, in 2019. And Gross admits that he would probably not be where he is today if he had been born a decade earlier or later. Gross's career coincided almost perfectly with a generational collapse in interest rates that gave bond prices a tailwind. That kind of thing just doesn't affect the opportunities you come across. It affects what you think about those opportunities when they're presented to you. To Bill Gross, bonds were wealth-generating machines. To his father's generation, who grew up with and endured higher inflation, they might be seen as wealth incinerators. The differences in how people have experienced money are not small. Even among those you might think are pretty similar. Take stocks. If you were born in 1970, the S&P 500 increased almost tenfold, adjusted for inflation, during your teens and 20s. That's an amazing return. But if you were born in 1950, the market went literally nowhere in your teens and 20s adjusted for inflation. So two groups of people, separated by chance of their birth year, go through life with a completely different view on how the stock market works. Or take inflation. You know, if you were born in 1960s America... Inflation during your teens and your 20s, your young, impressionable years, when you're developing a base of knowledge about how the world works, sent prices up more than threefold. That's a lot. I mean, you remember gas lines and getting paychecks that stretched noticeably less far than the ones before them. But if you were born in 1990, like my kids, Inflation's been so low your whole life, it's probably never even crossed your mind. America's nationwide unemployment in November 2009 was around 10%. But the unemployment rate for African-American and males aged 16 to 19 without a high school diploma was 49%. For Caucasian females over age 45 with a college degree, it was 4%. So again, it's, it's not what the numbers are, it's the way we look at the numbers. It's your view, it's your own personal view that really, that really the lens that you're looking at that really affects how you think about money, how you feel about money, and consequently 
how you invest your money. Let me give you our phone numbers. Toll free, you can reach us at 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. This morning, we're talking about be careful who you take advice from. Everyone's lens, as I've tried to point out today, is completely different. We'll have more on this after the break. If you're within five to ten years of retirement, this message is for you. There's never been a bigger disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. Unemployment over 15%. Unprecedented federal stimulus. Wall Street has never been more volatile. If there was a vehicle that credited you 7% up front, then grew your nest egg by 6 to 7% a year, guaranteed for the next five to ten years before turning into an income stream that you cannot outlive, would you want to know about it? Call Dan White & Associates now for details. 888-690-8820. Surrender charge just another restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. This morning, we've been talking about the lens that everybody looks through and how that affects their opinions, their values, their beliefs about money and investing. And as I pointed out in the first part of the show, I mean, it really depends on you know your years from fifteen to twenty-five. Those those teen and early adult years. Uh, the 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 model that you see in those years growing up is really the lens at which you go through life with. And I pointed this out with with my clients. You know, a lot of times I'll be dealing with a a sixty five or a seventy year old, and they'll say, "Well, I'd like my my son or daughter to take a look at this," and they're thirty five years old, and I say, "Well." You know, they they look at life a little differently as we did at 35 than we do at 65. So it may not be fair to either one of you to get that to get that uh, second opinion from a a child. But we're going to continue along this vein of thought today with how people look at things from different lenses. I think it's a very fascinating topic. I do want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day, and I do want to offer a free white paper that we're offering to our clients last week or two on annuities because annuities are probably one of the mis- most misunderstood investment vehicles out there. There's a lot of different types. There's a lot of a lot of different bells and whistles you can put on these things. So if you'd like to get the skinny, you know, get the facts on annuities in general, you want to pick up the phone and give us a call. Get this annuity 101 white paper. It's a it's a great read. It's about four pages long. Myself and my colleagues from the Independence Excellence Group uh, wrote this paper uh, collegially. So pick up the phone and give us a call if you'd like to get your free copy, 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610 we have several upcoming events this week. On Wednesday, June 2nd, we'll be in North Wilmington uh, at Harry's Savoy Grill on Naaman's Road at 5.30 p.m. On Thursday, we're in two different locations. We'll be at the Columbus Inn right in the center of Wilmington on Thursday the 3rd at 5.30. We'll also be down at the Chesapeake Inn in Chesapeake City, Maryland at 5.30 p.m. All three programs will be today's retirement concerns and solutions. So I know people out there are... You know, they fall into one of two camps. They think the good times will never end or they're really, really worried about how long this stock market is going to last. So if you'd like to get some of the uh, some of the answers to some of the questions you have, we'll, point, we'll give you some hard data. We'll educate you a little bit about 
you know, where the economy is and that type of thing. I think it's extremely valuable to you. Pick up the phone and get a reservation to one of our upcoming events. So we've been talking about the lens, you know, the lens people look at. And, uh, you know, let me just give you another example. Local stock markets in Germany and Japan were wiped out during World War II. Entire regions were bombed out. And at the end of the war, German farms only produced enough food to provide the country's citizens with 1,000 calories a day. Now compare that to the U.S., where the stock market more than doubled from 1941 through the end of 1945, and the economy was the strongest it had been in almost two decades. Well, no one should expect members of these two groups to go through the rest of their lives thinking the same thing about inflation or the stock market or unemployment or money in general. No one should expect them to respond to financial information the same way. No one should assume they are influenced by the same incentives, and no one should expect them to trust the same sources of advice. No one should expect them to agree on what matters, what's worth it, what's likely to happen next, and what the best path forward is. Their view of money was formed in different worlds. And when that's the case, a view of money, a view about money that one group of people thinks is outrageous can make perfect sense to another group of people. Every decision people make with money is justified by taking the information they have at the moment and plugging it into their, their unique mental model of how the world works. Now, those people can be misinformed. They can have incomplete information. They can be bad at math. They can be persuaded by rotten marketing. They have no idea what they're doing. They can misjudge the consequences of their actions. And can they ever? But every financial decision a person makes makes sense to them in that moment and checks the boxes they need to check. They tell themselves a story about what they're doing and why they're doing it, and that story has been shaped by their own unique experiences. Let's look at lottery tickets. You know, Americans spend more on lottery tickets than movies, video games, music, sporting events, and books combined. And who buys them? Mostly poor people. The lowest income households in the U.S. on average spend $412 a year on lotto tickets, four times the amount of those in the highest income groups. 40% of Americans can't come up with $400 in an emergency, which is to say those buying $400 in lottery tickets are by and large the same people who say they couldn't come up with $400 in an emergency. They're blowing their safety nets on something with a one in millions chance of hitting it big. That seems crazy to me, and it probably seems crazy to you too. But we're not, I'm not in the lowest income group. You may not be either. So it's hard for many of us to intuitively grasp the subconscious reasoning of low income lottery ticket buyers. But strain a little, and maybe you can imagine it going something like this We live paycheck to paycheck, and savings seems out of reach. Our prospects for much higher wages seem out of reach. We can't afford nice neighborhoods, nice vacations, nice cars, health insurance. We can't put our kids through college without crippling debt. Much of the stuff you people who read finance books either have now or have a good chance of getting, we don't. Buying a lottery ticket is the only time in our lives we can hold a tangible dream 
of getting the good stuff that you already have and take for granted. We are paying for a dream, and you may not understand that because you're already living a dream. That's why we buy more tickets than you do. Now, you don't have to agree with this reasoning. Buying lottery tickets when you're broke is still a bad idea, but I can kind of understand why lotto ticket sales persist. And that idea of what you're doing seems crazy, but I kind of understand why you're doing it uncovers the root of many of our financial decisions. Few people make financial decisions purely with a spreadsheet. They make them at the dinner table or in a company meeting. Places where personal history, your own unique view of the world, ego, pride, marketing, and odd incentives are scrambled together in a narrative that works for you. And another important point I want to bring up that helps explain why money decisions are so difficult and why there's so much misbehavior is to recognize how new this topic actually is. Money's been around a long time. You know, the thing that first created the official currency was in 600 B.C., but the modern foundation of money decisions, saving and investing, is based around concepts that are practically infants. Let's take retirement. At the end of 2018, there was $27 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts, making it the main driver of the common investor's savings and investing decisions. But the entire concept of being entitled to retirement is at most two generations old. Before World War II, most Americans worked until they died. That was the expectation and the reality. The labor force participation rate of men aged 65 and over was about 50% until the 1940s. Social Security aimed to change this. But its initial benefits were nothing close to a proper pension. When Ida Mae Fuller cashed the first Social Security check in 1940, it was for $22.54, or $416 adjusted for inflation today. It was not until the 1980s that the average Social Security check for retirees exceeded $1,000 a month adjusted for inflation. More than a quarter of Americans over age 65 were classified by the Census Bureau as living in poverty until the late 1960s. There's a widespread belief along the lines of everyone used to have a private pension. But that is grossly exaggerated. The Employee Benefit Research Institute explains only a quarter of those aged 65 and older had pension income in 1975. Among that lucky minority, only 15% of household income came from a pension. The New York Times wrote in 1955 about the growing desire but continued inability to retire. To rephrase an old saying, everyone talks about retirement, but apparently very few do anything about it. It was not until the 1980s that the idea that everyone deserves and should have a dignified retirement took hold. And the way to get that dignified retirement ever since has been an expectation that everyone will save and invest their own money. Let me reiterate how new this idea is. The 401k, the backbone savings vehicle of American retirement, did not exist until 1978. The Roth IRA was not born until 1998. If it were a person, it would be barely old enough to drink. It should be no surprise 
that many of us are bad at savings and investing for retirement. We're not crazy. We're all just newbies. You know, same for index funds. They're less than 50 years old. And hedge funds didn't take off until the last 25 years. Even widespread consumer debt did not take off until after World War II. So again, it's, it's ridiculous to think that we, we're going to be so good at something that we have so little experience at. Let me give you our phone numbers. Toll free, 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820. In Pennsylvania, it's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. You've got to be careful about who you get advice from. You never know what lens they're looking at. It pays to work with somebody who's got experience in the ups and the downs of the market. If you've got questions, we've got answers. Pick up the phone and give us a call. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of their respective parties and not those of this show's producers or this station. Join us again for more On the Money 